Welcome to the online sermons at King Street Church. Feel free to listen or watch online at kingstreetchurch.com. We're located at 162 East King Street in the heart of Chambersburg, PA, and would love to see you in person at one of our five Sunday services at 8.15, 9.45, or 11 a.m. We certainly hope you enjoy this morning's message. Uh, both here in the Baker, over in the sanctuary, watching online. Uh, we have been, if you're a guest here today or new today, uh, we've been making our way this year uh, through the topic of transformation and looking every month at, uh, at, a, at a different perspective on what it means to be transformed, whether that be uh, through being made spiritually alive by Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. We've spent seven weeks on that topic these last seven weeks, looking at the work of the Holy Spirit. We turn the corner again this morning into uh, a relationally connected month, the last one of these this year where we really explore what it means to be relationally connected and why that is so important scripturally to be uh, in a place where we know each other, hence name tag November, but also to, uh, to just give a word of how important it is to be in a group, a small group, a Sunday school class. In fact, I'd love for you to hear from Nathan and Kayla Rosenberger, who uh, recently made their way into a Sunday school class and gave a short testimony about that. Let's hear what they have to say. I'm Nathan Rosenberger. And I'm Kayla Rosenberger. So we started attending King Street about four years ago um, when we were in college. We started coming together and then about six months ago we got married and we decided that we wanted to join a community with other married couples or even engaged couples um, just to get to know each other and get to know other couples so that we could hang out with them outside of church instead of just seeing people you know, every Sunday or once a week, we wanted to see them outside of church and gather um, just a, a solid group of friends. Yeah, after we, while we were at Shippensburg, we were um, part of the college age group. And then once we graduated, we couldn't go to that college age group anymore. So between the time of when we graduated and when we um, got married, we were kind of just, we would come to church on Sunday and then we would just go home. We didn't really have anybody to plug in with and connect to. Yeah, so being part of, of something really helps us. Um, if we're struggling with something, we know that we have our fellow classmates to reach out to. Um, we have that community that can pray for us and we have that community that we have for encouragement. Um, and it's nice to know that it's a two-way street, so if we need something, we can ask for it, and at the same time, if, if one of our members of our Sunday school needs something, we can give back in the same way. It's, it's, like a, it's a friendship, so to speak. So we try to meet outside of church to just get to know each other better outside of the context of church and more as friends who can build each other up, um, someone that you can really go to um, to ask for help if you're really struggling with something, um, especially in a marriage and a couples group, um, it's really nice to have other examples of couples and marriages to look up to um, and to even ask questions that we're struggling with. When we were looking for a Sunday school, we looked at the wall and we, we found the Sunday school list that listed out all the Sunday schools that were available and we're reading through them and we looked at this one and we're like, oh, okay. And we kind of started walking towards that room and while we were doing so, we were still looking at the list and we saw, oh, what about this one, this new journey? Is this Let's check this out. This sounds good. It's for young couples. That's what we are. Let's let's see what that's like. And I remember when we came in, we were immediately welcomed. It's we were we were new, 
It's it wasn't like middle school new kid, you know, everybody <laughs> stares at you from across the room and pretends you're infected or something and ignores you. We were we were welcome with open arms as yeah. if they've known us for years. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also the just the that's another reason that drew us to King Street in the first place was that that Very sense welcoming. of welcomeness yeah. and community. You can't walk out you can't walk in the church without six people saying good morning to you. Which is awesome. So I, that's one re, that's yeah. one thing I specifically remember is just the the welcoming committee that we had <laughs> when we came in for the first time. Yeah. Isn't that great? Let's celebrate that testimony. I love what uh, I love what Nathan said when we when we came in. We were immediately welcomed. We were we were new, but it, it wasn't like middle school. Not that middle school's bad, right? Middle school's cool. New kid. Everybody stares at you from across the room, pretends you are infected, and ignores you, right? <laughs> we were welcomed with open arms as if they'd known us for years. I wanted to show that today just to reinforce how important it is to get into a, a smaller group in the life of this church. And I'll, I'll add there that that may not be a Sunday school class, although it's very good, but also a serving community. Uh, where you can get involved in our youth ministry, our kids' ministries, uh, other places in the life of the church. The key here is to get plugged in and be relationally connected. So this morning uh, is Name Tag November. Thanks a lot for uh, grabbing a name tag. I'm Jody with a Y. That's right. Thank you very much. Girls spell it with an I. So uh, that's me and... Uh, we are looking this month, uh, the next three weeks, really, at kind of this overall topic of what's in a name. Uh, we're talking about what's in a name. What a perfect Sunday to talk about this, right? Did you catch what Pastor Don just did with every one of those kids, right? He talked about their names and what their names mean and how important that is and, and what that speaks over their lives. What's in a name? And and the theme today, we're really zeroing in on this truth that God knows my name. God knows my name. I'm very special to God in that way. Turn with me to Psalm 139. Let's open our, our, uh, our scriptures together and really dig in for a few minutes to what God has to say to us in, uh, in this psalm. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is a, this is a psalm of David. Most, half of all 150 psalms are written by David. Many of them are very specific to a situation where you know, well, this is what's going on. David is being chased from cave to cave by King Saul, and he cries out, oh God, protect me. Or uh, he just is confronted by Nathan the prophet after falling into temptation with Bathsheba, and he cries out, you know, God, cleanse my heart, wash me, and I will be new. We don't know exactly the context of Psalm 139. It's not specific to a certain aspect of David's life. In fact, I would call it very theologically rooted. What do I mean by that? By theological, that word basically means our understanding of God, who we know God to be, and, uh, or the study of God. Well, David understood who God was. We're told certainly he was a man after God's own heart, but that... That heart for God was rooted in an understanding of who God is. And as we make our way through this psalm, we see it really hanging on these three key aspects of God. That God is omniscient, 
He is omnipresent and He is omnipotent, meaning that God knows everything, that God is everywhere, and that God has all power. Let's look at it. Let's look at verse uh, 1 down to 6. Oh God, He says, You have searched me and you know me. That's the key phrase in this whole psalm. That God knows me. God, you know me. You know when I sit down. You know when I get up. You know my thoughts from afar. You know my going out, my lying down. You know all of my ways. In fact, even before a word is on my tongue, God, you know it. Think about that. Even before I say what I'm going to say right now, God already knows I'm going to say it. That is how intimate His knowledge is of me. You hem me in behind and before. He is our front guard and our rear guard. David understood the omniscience of God and that even behind me, where I don't have eyes to see, He's got my back. You lay your hand on me. Such knowledge. David here says, I've got the three-pound brain problem. You know, we've all got a three-pound brain problem, right? You know what that means. Our brains weigh three pounds. They're limited. Limited in their capacity. There's a lot we can do. Thanks be to God by His grace. But I'm going to tell you right now, y'all, there's a lot we don't know. There are thoughts way too big for us. And that's exactly what David says here. Such knowledge, such knowing is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. I think of this in light of Psalm 131. Make a note there because in Psalm 131, David says, My heart isn't proud. My eyes aren't haughty. I don't concern myself with things too great and too wonderful for me. Rather, David says, I have stilled and quieted my soul like a child. Like a child is my soul within me because of your omniscience. And then he moves into God's omnipresence. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I go into the depths, you're there. Jonah learned that. If I rise on the wings of the dawn... If I settle on the far side of the sea, there, you're there. Not just there, but your hand guides me. Your right hand holding me fast. If I say the darkness will hide me. No, light is, uh, becomes night around me. Even the darkness won't be dark to you. The night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. You see it, right? You see the progression. He begins with God's omniscience. He moves into God's omnipresence and then he declares God's omnipotence. Potency, power, dunamis, might. God, you speak and create. You are the creation God. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb as Pastor Don mentioned earlier. I praise you. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you 
when I was made in the secret place, woven together in the depths of the earth. I want to just pause. Do you hear David's depth of understanding of who God is? But this understanding is applied so personally that God, I matter to you. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me already written in your book before even one of them happened. Yeah, wrap your mind around that. God knows me. He is all-powerful. How precious to me are your thoughts. How vast the sum of them. If I were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I'm still with you. David understands who God is. And by the way, he concludes this kind of by wrapping it up where he started, right? Where, he, where did he start? He starts with this declaration, God, you search me and you know me. He understands that's true of God. But then, I love this, look down at verse 22, 23. He then gives God permission, as if God needs it. He doesn't need it to look into our hearts. But I love the humility when David then wraps right back around to say, God, you know me, so know me. God, you search me, so search me. My life, my heart is an open book to you, so I open it up to you. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. Anxious thoughts. This is really where this goes, because as Jesus applied these truths in Matthew chapter 10, he says three times, don't be afraid. It's pretty cool how it connects back to what David says. You know my anxious heart. This is kind of where we're coming from on this. So Jesus says in verse 10, uh, verse 26 of Matthew 10, so don't be afraid. He says in verse 28 of Matthew 10, so don't be afraid. And then look down at verse 20. Well, I'll put it on the screen. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside, not just of your father's knowledge, but your father's care. Not one sparrow falls to the ground without God not just knowing it, but caring about it. Even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. We were praying about this this morning and Pastor Nathan said, man, that is incredible. I don't even care that much about my own hair. <laughs> so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's the message today. That's where this goes. Don't be afraid. Relax. Don't worry. No, I'm not going to sing the song. Have peace. Why? It's rooted in this truth. God knows us perfectly. God governs our lives and the world minutely. And God cares for us with a fatherly concern. That's what this message is all about. As I thought about applying this, I thought about what you might be going through today. God knows the physical pain you've been experiencing. God knows the financial strain. And I added this phrase, that maybe you've even been keeping from your family. God knows how your boss has been treating you. God knows how lonely you feel and how desperately you want 
to be loved. I'll say that again. God knows how lonely you feel and how desperately you want to be loved. God understands the hurts you've been keeping in your heart. God hears your heart's cry for a miracle baby. God cares for that wayward child or grandchild even more than you do. God knows the shame and the guilt that you have been carrying for years. God knows. Don't be anxious. He is with you. But, but more than that, as I thought about this, I was, I was directed to a passage in Isaiah 49. Would you turn with me to Isaiah chapter 49? This really struck me. As I was preparing for this message and thinking about the fact that God knows my name. He knows everything about me. And He cares. I was drawn to this text which begins in verse 13 that I'm going to read for you. This is God through Isaiah encouraging the nation of Israel who had been taken captive, hostage by an, an invading nation. They were exiled to the Babylonians. And he says this. He says, Shout, shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into song, you mountains. For the Lord, what's the next word in your Bible? Comforts. For the Lord, what did I tell you is the heartbeat of this message. Don't be anxious. Be comforted. For the Lord comforts His people and will have compassion on His afflicted one. But Zion said, oh, the Lord's forsaken me. God's forgotten me. Isaiah says, okay, okay. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast? And have no compassion on the child she has born? But even if, though she may forget, God says, I will not forget you. And then we read this. See, I have engraved you on the palm of my hand. Let me give you another translation. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hand. Who does that? Karen, my wife. Where you at, sweetheart? C. It's with a C. A-R-Y-N. Hey, who does that? I got to go back to middle school, right? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you're crazy in like with somebody. Aren't you? Come on, church. Aren't you crazy in like with someone if you write their name on the palm of your hand and then probably what you're going to do, come on, let's write a little heart. <laughs> Woo! Right there, baby. And I mean it. I'm telling you, I mean it. I have written your name on the palm of my hand. I'm going to ask you this. What strikes you about that location? 
You think this might be a little foreshadowing? I do. See, I have written your name on the palm of my hand. I'm going to ask you, what do you think of when you think of the palm of God's hand? Nails. You think of nails. God has written our name on the palm of his hand. And then he took a nail right through that palm. Because he loves you. That love is what held God to the cross. It wasn't the nails through his hands and feet that held him on that cruel tree. It was a self-denying, all-consuming love for someone like me. I love the lyric Monique Adrianson wrote there. It was love that held Jesus on that cross. I'm going to tell you right now, the nail did not hold Jesus on the cross. Loved it. And it was love for us. My name was written on the palm of his hand that took the nail. I want to sing a song. There's a song that, uh, that I sang for, you know, I was a youth pastor for 20 years. And uh, this was one of, if not my all-time favorite song that uh, I've led thousands of kids through and learned it. I saw that Mercy Me actually recorded this a few years ago. That was cool. I, didn't, I hadn't known that. But the song is simply called Nails. And I want to sing it for you, and then I want us to sing it together. But just think about these words. The nails in your hands, the nails in your feet, they tell me how much you love me. Thorns on your brow, they tell me how you bore so much shame to love me. And when the heavens pass away, all your scars will still remain, and forever they will say just how much you love me so i want to say forever my love forever my heart forever my life is yours forever my love forever my heart Forever my life is yours. Would you sing this with me? The nails in your hands, the nails in your feet, they tell me how much you love me. The thorns on your brow, they tell me how you bore so much shame to love me. And when the heavens pass away, and when the heavens pass away, all your scars, all your scars will still reap. And forever they will say, and forever they will say, just how much you love. So I want to say, 
So I want to forever my love, forever my, forever my heart, forever my, forever my life, forever my life is yours. Forever my love, forever my love, my heart, forever my heart, forever my life is yours. to close with this verse. It's Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. It simply says, I was put to death. With Christ on the cross. And I don't live anymore. It's Christ who lives in me. I still live in my body, but I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to save me. <laughs> to save me. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads with me right now. And Lord God, let us just take a moment in your presence right now to contemplate everything that David wrote in this great psalm and to respond exactly the way David responded, to simply say, God, search me. And know my heart. Test me, God, and know my anxious thoughts. Lord God, see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me, God, in your righteous way. God, we open our hearts to you. So thankful today that we can know that you are a loving Father, a gracious Father. And Lord Jesus, to know that you literally have written our names on the palm of your hand. And you died for me. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. We hope you enjoyed this morning's message. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to contact us using our online form on our website at kingstreetchurch.com or by calling us here at 717-264-4651 during our regular business hours. Be sure to stop by and see us in person at one of our five Sunday morning services, 8.15 a.m., 2 at 9.45 a.m., as well as 2 at 11 a.m. We look forward to seeing you there.